And this week's Under the Table, I've decided that we need to have a chat. A frank, honest chat, not just ladies, but our gentlemen friends as well who want to know or who wonder what the heck us women are up to when that time of the month comes around. And not only that time of month, because we talk about our periods pretty freely these days. I believe it's not as taboo as it used to be. Um, fewer jokes about guys going to the supermarket to pick up pads or tampons. But vaginal health, vaginal health is what I want to have a bit of a how-to under the table. We're going very, very deep under the table this week. Um, because in recent conversation with a male friend of mine, I discovered that his woman um, didn't really seem to know what the heck she was doing. And you would think after decades on the planet that someone had sat her down and had a conversation with her, her mom, her family, her friends. Um, but, you know, when a, when a grown woman doesn't know what a panty liner is, then you have to wonder. So, ladies and guys, wherever you may be, um, it's going to make you a little bit uncomfortable you may learn something. You may want to shout and scream if you want to contribute to the conversation. I've been having it on Twitter. Please feel free to tweet me. It's at uh, Bob Singh. But let's get into it. All right. So vaginal health on the whole is how to keep your vagina healthy throughout the month, not just when you have your period and what it's doing during the month to behave in a natural fashion. So what you should know is that vaginal discharge, first of all, is a normal thing. It changes consistency during the month. It does have different consistencies when you're about to ovulate and closer to your period and also after your period. So just before ovulation, you shouldn't really have too much of vaginal mucus um, you should be fairly dry. When you're fertile or getting there, you tend to then start getting white or cream-colored mucus. Um, it's thick to slightly stretchy, but if you do kind of stretch it between your fingers, it, it breaks quite easily. Um, it's a bit watery um, still. Highly fertile. Those of you who track your period on period apps, big ups to you. When you are highly fertile, you will know that this is a time where um, there's it's it's pretty much where it spikes. So it's thin, it's watery, it's tra- transparent, it's it's kind of um, viscousy egg white, if if that's albumin. That that's pretty much what it is like. And then once you stop ovulating, if if you are aware of your body and you do track these things, you'll know when you stop ovulating because suddenly it drops off. And it either goes to an opaque white or cream colored and quite thick and then disappears completely. There are some women who I've spoken to who literally kind of feel like a giant lump of egg white has just fallen through their legs. And all of these things are normal so long as there's no strong smell. Um, We all know about the cottage cheese thing. Or I'm assuming. No, I shouldn't assume that. So when vaginal discharge becomes the consistency of either scrambled eggs or cottage cheese and starts to have an offensive smell. It means there's something wrong. Um, it means something, something is going wrong. Um, 
when you are having vaginal discharge, and this is when I would like to talk about panty liners, they're on the market in every way, shape or form. They come deodorized, non-deodorized, as thin as you can get it, as small as you can get it, um, some are the size of uh, your palm, some are longer for those of us who or you who have, you know, different times of month where it's heavier. But please make use of panty liners. It is unhealthy and a terribly bacterially sterile environment to grow yeast in if you're walking around with wet panties. Please don't do that. Change the panty liner. It is, it is not a point of embarrassment. It is something that will prevent you from smelling bad. And ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you walk into the doors of a public toilet and you know that the person that was in there before you has a yeast infection because you can smell it. So prevent it. Keep yourself clean. There are also wipes um, on the market at the moment. They, they keep your pH balance in check. They prevent funguses from taking root. Okay, so now that I've mentioned yeast infections, um, they are... Uh, symptoms are easy to spot. So anything from itching, burning, irritation, uh, pain during sex, pain when you um, when you are peeing or burning when you're peeing, uh, discharge like like we've talked about, and then redness, swelling, and um, a general feeling of being uncomfortable. Um, you can deal with yeast infections at home. And if you're, I wouldn't say used to having them, but if you're more prone to them, and, and some of us are, some of us uh, just, you know, ha- our hormones are, are very, very uh, different, and we have different levels of hormones, and therefore some of us are more prone, but there are ways to deal with it. Um, I My way of dealing with it is cranberry juice and citrus soda or cranberry citrus soda if you can get your hands on it mostly because the citrus soda helps to flush out your system and it it prevents the yeast from taking a hold and then developing into something worse like a bladder infection so i if i ever think so and i ever think i need it i double dose and a lot of water yeast infections are fungi and they develop um, in warm environments. Think of it. Think of it as uh, mushrooms. So warm, dark environments. You can take an oral antifungal, which is available over the counter at uh, pharmacies. It's also about balancing what's going on in your body. So there are probiotics that are available specifically to balance out um, vaginal uh, um, in uh, discrepancies, shall we call it. Um, there are also tests on the market where you can, um, similar to, to pregnancy tests and ovulation tests, where you basically urinate on a little piece of paper, like a litmus paper, and it will tell you if you do have a yeast infection. There are home cures that say also you can um, dunk a tampon into yogurt or tea tree oil and leave it in for a while. I don't know, though. I'm always very sketchy about putting anything that shouldn't really belong into your vagina. Um, Please, that's not a diagnosis. Uh, If it's bad and you you don't know what to do about it, of course, please go and see your doctor. Go and see your doctor. Your GP is more than equipped. You don't even need a 
gynecologist to recommend things to you. Go see your GP. There are usually one dose antibiotics that they can give you that will solve your problem. The other thing that I know granny panties are a horrible thing to talk about, but cotton underwear. If you're not wearing cotton underwear when you are prone to things like yeast infections and grown to blood infections, please change that habit. Shiny lacy underwear, things that don't allow breathing, tight pants, um, too many days in succession, or staying in your gym wear for too long in a G-string or a shiny panty, you're, you're asking for trouble. You're just going, please come and find me. Fungus come my way. Ladies, keep it clean. Please, please. Some of you, like, really, really, we don't want to smell people from down the passageway. Um, what haven't I spoken to you about? Right, diva cups. <laughs> yes. Okay, so tampons. Someone asked on Twitter, uh, not sure what to do with a tampon. How do I insert it? Because it hurts. The rule, general rule for tampons is that it is... First of all, an alternative to either a pad or a diva cup. It is something that does not take away your sexual um, uh, choice of being a virgin. It is not something that affects your sexual preferences, and put it that way. Um, <clears throat> toxic shock syndrome is something that is discussed and is on the pamphlet warning of very many tampon brands, toxic shock syndrome is if you leave a tampon in for too long, especially the very big, um, th uh, super absorbent tampons, it then gives you a bacterial infection. Like with anything related to your period, be it a pad or a tampon or a diva cup, you are meant to change it as often as is needed. Please don't leave things in there for more than eight hours or uh, depending on your flow. And it's very important if you're going to use a tampon to use the correct size of tampon for your flow. So don't use a super absorbent tampon um, towards the tail end of your period where you can then leave it in for 12 hours uh, because you're too lazy to change it every four hours. That's not how that works. Um, again, causing yourself infection and changing the pH balance of your entire genital area and therefore causing yourself to itch. There are also diva cups. Very many women these days are using diva cups. They look like little egg holders, um, but are made either of plastic or very soft silicone. And those two come with an explanation of how to insert and have to be changed when they fill. I, um, I, I don't know. I'm hoping one of you will uh, get onto my Twitter and explain to me how you know when it's full. But I think it, it's one of those um, methods that requires you to be very au fait with your body. So we'll get some advice and maybe chat to someone who's diva cup happy and let us know how you know. Because with tampons, um, you, you can sometimes see from the string how far it's, it's bled down. And of course, if you're wearing a tampon and still... Put in, a, put in a panty liner. You don't want patches in your underwear. And some women I know have much heavier periods. I used to have that when I was younger. So a tampon and a pad when I'm sleeping because otherwise um, I wake up and it's a massacre. But um, yeah, so diva cups, pads or tampons, pads as well. 
uh, <laughs> I know women who do this thing where they put in a pad and then put in a few layers of toilet tissue on top of them so that they can change them around. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Mostly because changing the pad means a clean, fresh environment that has also not soaked up any sweat. Pads these days have come really far. Most of them are gel-based and are quite thin, and they do have a mesh layer or a cotton layer at the top to help with keeping you clean and keeping you healthy. Um, Ladies, please tweet at me or Facebook me. It's something I'm not shy to talk about. I, my period and I have a very, very rocky relationship. It, it really did try to kill me as a teenager. I'd miss school and I just could not get it under control. Um, bless the person who came up with the pill because that kind of evened it out. And I had very, very many years of blissful, non-troublesome, well-timed periods. Um, I will at another time talk about birth control and pregnancy and etc. But I have um, not so long ago come off the pill and have reverted to when I was a teenager. And I forgot how absolutely awful my period can be because it has no regard for period tracking apps and no regard for my health or when I need to stand up or when things need to not hurt. So I have all the back pain and I have all the cramping, um, but I also welcome it, mostly because my healthy period means it um, reassures me that my body is working the correct way. So I may rant and scream, and I know you do too sometimes with the help of a lot of painkillers, but at the end of the day, I love being a girl. I, I love being a woman, I love being a girl, and we need to embrace it. Um, if you have something to say and you're too scared to say it, pop me a line, pop me a message, and I will say it out loud because the time has come. We need to keep ourselves healthy and we need to talk more. It's it's no longer a taboo subject. So, yeah, that's under the table. Very, very under the table this, this time around. Uh, there will be more of these frank discussions. I hope I haven't made any of you too uncomfortable. Um but join me and let me know if any of you want to have a chat about it. Maybe you've had different experiences. All right, guys, until next Thursday, that was under the table and we shall chat again.